0: to this episode of the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. I'm your host, George Wacker. And just a quick note before we get into this, we recorded this live at Godfrey Daniels in South Bethlehem with the legendary musical geniuses of the Lehigh Valley, Steve Broski and Dave Fry. We talk about their history, what's coming up for them, Godfrey Daniels in general, lots of fun stuff. Thank you to our sponsors, ArtsQuest, Molly's Irish Grill, which is right across the street from Godfrey Daniels, by the way. And of course, Michael Bertadin with Remax Realty. We're gonna get right into it because I cover some of this stuff in the beginning anyway. So again, thank you for listening. We're gonna be doing more in-person stuff and we hope that you enjoy it. Let's get to it. Steve Brosky and Dave Fry. I wanna welcome everybody to the Lehigh Valley with Love Podcast. We are honored to be at Godfrey Daniels in person. You know, we've done a lot of these things online in the last two years, but we're here with some legendary Lehigh Valley musicians, um, Steve Brosky and Dave Fry. Uh, and of course, our esteemed co-host, Phil Reese we're doing one in person so this is a lot of fun and we appreciate everybody you know supporting us and our sponsors arts quest molly's irish girl and sports pub which is just across the street and also michael bernerton with re-max realty as well so let's get into it thank you so much we're so excited to be here we want to talk about the space we're in but then also you know the combined history of both of you guys within the lehigh valley and so thank you guys for coming on. For
1: yeah, I, on if three. there was a Mount Rushmore of of Lehigh Valley musicians, <laughs> you guys would be on it. You're going to take they... us for granted. <laughs> oh, stop. Yeah, that is a great way to
0: start. <laughs> yeah. so, well, Dave, let's start with the fact that you founded Godfrey Daniels.
2: Right, actually, it was our forty sixth birthday just last Friday. Right. Oh wow. That's... Happy it was birthday, the first day of Godfrey Daniels. Back in nineteen seventy six. And I, with a group of uh, local musicians and folk aficionados, decided we would open up a coffee house next door to what was the Lehigh Tavern, Mm -hmm. which was a hot spot. Mm -hmm. In fact, playing with my band, Shimersville Sheiks, we played there all the time. Place was filled six nights a week. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. It was a great scene. It was a bar scene but I got the inkling that I wanted to play in front of people who were not drunk <laughs> and wow. also I wanted to sit in an audience that was listening-hmm so and I felt there there was a tremendous lack of that in the Lehigh Valley a place where I could go here and take in and see musicians do their best but also have a opportunity to play on that stage in front of a listening audience. So that was the whole idea of that. And uh, that's what we've accomplished. Still exists mm-hmm. today, a uh, listening audience, mm-hmm. and, and Steve, uh, you can uh, attest to that, of uh, being a player and having the the audience listening to everything you're doing.
3: Yeah, it's uh, uh, here in the Lehigh Valley, this is not the cultural center of, of much of anything. But anyway, <laughs> and even going back as far as what you're talking about, the Lehigh Tavern and the listening room, the comparison of trying to pick a chick up over there and <laughs> sitting down and listening to a, you know, uh, something going on musically. And, and this was one of the first steps of bringing some culture to the Lehigh Valley. Because I grew up here, Dave didn't grow up here, but I grew up here where my father... Mm-hmm. And uh, most people I knew were worked in an industrial situation, mm-hmm. at the Bethlehem Steel or sure. the the Western, you know, the, these large large corporations that employed thousands and thousands of people, mm-hmm. and um, uh, it was working class. And if anything, uh, your local, I grew up in Allentown, the neighborhood I grew up in uh, uh, had uh, ethnic churches that had. Uh, social halls connected mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. to the church yeah. <laughs> and, and you know your parents go out there and, and your dad goes there and drinks the night away that's that's kind of that was the culture of them consuming um you know alcohol back then and uh and on every corner and uh, there's either there's probably a church and a bar all on the same and within the same block and that was part of my neighborhood mm-hmm. but for dave to bring this idea to uh, the south side of Bethlehem which was the heart of yeah the steel company mm-hmm. and
2: um, the interesting thing that south side had a very bad reputation at that point and one thing that 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 gave us is we could we could develop under the radar mm-hmm. because it had somewhat of a negative uh Right, reputation, poor part of town, you know. Poor, poor part of town, yep. and we could get away with stuff early <laughs> on, you know, that you couldn't have done in historic Bethlehem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was interesting. It gave us, and, and there was a certain cachet of going down to the south side. Sure. and um, And Godfrey's was pretty much the first alternative business hmm. back then, mm-hmm. and before. The restaurants and and well, all the what clients. was what
0: was this spot before?
2: Well, across the street was the New Merchants Hotel, which was a flea bag <laughs> joint, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with a great front porch.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> uh, and you know, the, we had the uh, Greasy Spoon next door, and we had Smuggler's Inn, mm-hmm. which was uh, you know uh, a dive bar, and then the Lehigh Tavern next door, which
0: is the current Fun House.
2: Yes. Yeah. So um, we had our own little nexus of, uh, of, you know, rebel, (laughs) rebel music in a way. Yeah, but to your point about it's a
1: it's for a listening audience. It's called a listening room. That's right. It's not a concert hall. It's not a
2: which means people don't know what we're talking about. Uh, (laughs) So
0: can you can you explain that like once and for all?
2: Well, well, you come here and the emphasis is on giving the musicians. The stage, mm-hmm. and uh, let them do what they do best, mm-hmm. and that's why early on when we didn't allow alcohol, it gave us that opportunity to develop that mm-hmm. audience, mm-hmm. and that was that was wonderful actually. And then eventually we opened it up; you could bring your own wine. But at that that point, we could guarantee that the audience was going to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that made all the difference that made it possible for the performers that play here Mm -hmm. go out on the folk circuit and tell their other performing friends on the folk circuit national and international that there was a listening club in bethlehem where they treated you right Mm -hmm. they gave you a good sound system cindy dinsmore would feed you a vegetarian dinner (laughs) (laughs) and put you up overnight and those were all the leading factors mm-hmm. in getting the word out uh, to the performers. And it happened real fast. Yeah, and Cindy was another one of the founders. of the- Yes. yeah.
0: And Steve, it, it, during that time, you know, I'll get into what, what I read about you when you first began. You, you wrote a ballad for John Lennon. Yes. And, and John Lennon died four days after I was born. Not that that matters, but it's just a date that, you know, when I'm reading the bios, you know, it puts it in perspective in terms of, just how long you've been, um, you know, a musical yeah, force in right. the area? Can you talk about not only you know you getting started in music in, in Allentown at that time, but kind of what the what the musical scene was back
3: then? Well, with along with Godfrey Daniels, and there was a pretty healthy uh, <clears throat> bar scene. And and to point out how polite uh, Godfrey's was compared to this is a time. This was an era when. <laughs> Uh, they made laws after us back from that period of time. Laws came into effect about you know I got busted for pot a bunch of times you know right. that whole thing and you know I was a notorious drunk and a troublemaker and all sure. that stuff and and uh, uh, eventually they made laws. It became a rather conservative you know approach to policing and all that bullshit, but. Uh, can you say that? Yeah, no, we're good, we're good. <laughs> But anyway, um, so Dave's point uh, uh, about the contrast of what 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 happened here compared to answering your question here, there was a healthy bar scene of live music uh, from um, infamous places in Allentown, like the Cameo and the Lounge, and you know these are the kind of places you can order a martini or get into a knife fight, you know, <laughs> one of the two, and uh, On the or side. The, yeah. Mark- <laughs> Or, or both. both.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> on
3: a good night. Good evening. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the Queen Victoria Hotel was a, sort of a hot spot. And it, there was this, I mean, I would have to think about all the places, but take my word for it, there was a, quite a bit going on back then. And uh, as far as, and it, that was
2: a bar scene, basically. But that meant the musicians could play three and four times a week. Oh, yeah. Which oh, doesn't definitely. happen anymore. Mm-hmm. No. The the scene was ha- hot and 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 musicians could make a living doing it, not great pay, hey, but it was it was steady.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you would set up on a Tuesday and play to Saturday. You know, some places yeah. like the Green Pines did that, and there was places out in Jersey. And back then, it was eighteen-year-old drinking laws in in uh, New Jersey. And uh, I mean, it was you know they made laws after us. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I I believe that. And uh, um, so and then in comparison to to, if you want to make a comparison to today yeah it's what we had then was a going out culture if you wanted to experience something learn something you had to go there
1: physically drive that's right that's
3: right you had to be a part of it and today you
1: know we live in a digital world that's all i'm gonna Mm -hmm. say exactly yeah and you you talked about the queen victoria like going back to your start the song, King of the Queen yeah. of Victoria, was somewhat <laughs> right. what kind of, I think what I read was kind of the reaction to that song was what made you feel like you wanted to keep doing that more. Yeah,
3: better. I um, wound up in the Betty Ford Clinic before it was the Betty Ford Clinic, let's say it that way. And, uh, and that was in the 70s, and it was not until the late 70s that I, you know, stopped doing drugs and alcohol and all of that. And... Uh, and wanted to play, I felt I had some talent. And seeing guys like mm-hmm. Dave, that that inspired me. Uh, guys like uh, Tommy Chris from, um, you know, the Pickens Band and Pat Cushion. And I, over the years, got to play with some of those guys. But anyway, that was an inspiration to me and trying to feel that I was blessed with some talent and uh, wanted to uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> go out there and do it. And I've been very fortunate where sure. I I've made a, I've made that happen yep yep yeah
0: and, and like you said Steve you're born and raised in Allentown that's right Dave you came from upstate New York to come to Lehigh can, can you talk I mean just a little bit about why you decided to make your home in the Lehigh Valley then after that
2: well Lehigh was the only university that accepted me so <laughs> that's <was>, not but uh, <laughs> So, it was cool, but it was at Lehigh that I was introduced to folk music and got involved with the coffee house up there called the Catacombs. Mm. So, in a way, I started to play. I had a band, a jug band, the Graveyard Skiffle Band, and Charmersville Sheiks. So, um, I could play. And then, um, up at Lehigh, they started having concerts, bringing people in during the Great Folk Scare, where um, I would get to see people who I would eventually book, like Chris Smither, uh, Pete Seeger came up, um, Elizabeth Cotton, some some mighty people came through Mm -hmm. in concerts and in folk festivals up at Lehigh Mm -hmm. while I was going there. So it was while I was up there that I, and while I was at home up in upstate New York, I got to go to Cafe Lena, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is the major... Yeah. Uh, and that's where I first heard people like Loudon Wainwright in a... He opened for somebody. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and in a space like this one. Yeah, exactly so, it was like inspiring. so that was the impetus that made me start thinking that when I finally graduated from Lehigh, I would like to be, be able to try that, and so I was good friends with uh, Bruce Watson, who ran um, the Lehigh Tavern. And I said, you know, I would like to try something like that. He goes, well, listen, there's an empty donut shop next to to, uh, to the bar. Let's find out if we can uh, talk to uh, Justin D. Girolano, Esquire, <laughs> South Side lawyer. No, no, no. sure <laughs> and mafioso <laughs> <laughs> and so he said so he said sure mr fry at 300 bucks a month mm-hmm. you know wow, so we man. put together that and uh, in february of 76 and then in march we opened
0: and, and you've been here ever since which i mean this is when you always say when you describe Godfrey Daniels it's one of the last remaining listening rooms you know in, in, the, in, the,
1: in the in the nation yeah
0: you, you know what, what do you think is part of the reason for it allowing to exist you know, even through all the things that happened before COVID you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: for, 40 years well it's, it's been the long, mix a mix
2: an audience that wants to support it. good people you listen right? You, and right there and and when Steve comes in, he does a show for this room, right? Like doing okay. the Tom Waits thing. Right. right. That you don't so do he's anywhere, doing right. a show that he yeah, built I don't, for, for this room <clears throat> yeah. and for that this time. But also, it's the musicians who got the word out, who realized what a rare and beautiful thing it is mm-hmm. to play in front of an audience that's listening, and mm-hmm. and artistically, it makes the artist work harder Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah I I agree I
3: I think Mm -hmm. reputation really is uh, you know quite the engine in keeping this place alive as well but you're right the the audience says hey you know I'm I'm here I know about this place or whatever Mm -hmm. I'm here and there's a certain standard you have to be as an audience person what's cool is when
2: when people come in for the first time like John McEwen came in during the fall and he walked in he goes yeah, I can see it happening here, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and uh, you can it's scratch and sniff, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to
0: scratch, because when you walk in, the walls just like they're seeping yeah. history. You're compelled to, you know, look at the, the, the posters on the walls and yeah. ask questions. It just has
1: that, mm-hmm. like. And the acoustics, too. Like, when you walk into a fine theater or theatrical space, it just, you can, you can feel it. Like you can hear it basically. We can well, get the away acoustics, with a
2: small sound system because yeah, the it, acoustics it, are so It good. bounces nice. Was it like that when you just walked well, in we here bought or did enough did you do some carpet? Place? We bought enough carpet to put on the walls because I was a, I was thinking it was too close to the speakers. Mm-hmm. But once we got uh, the carpet on the floor and the audience in the room, it was just came out perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does.
3: Yeah, if there's a way to describe this place, I would say old school, mm-hmm. in the sense that sure. uh, this resembles a, uh, you know, a, something from the Greenwich Village kind of era, yeah. you know. It has that same vibe, and somebody like McEwen coming in here, you know, that makes that connection immediately.
0: Mm-hmm. But but it's still, like, it's still relevant now, which is a really important thing, mm-hmm. is that, you know, we were just a, a couple, Mark Berardo. Yeah, we were at the, you know, these shows that, there's still these artists who want to come play here and that's not that's not going away and and that's something that's I think a testament to not, well, not only everybody the, here but you know the, the it's, it's necessary
2: to introduce this place to new players. Sure. And to a new audience, mm-hmm. younger mm-hmm. audience because once you hear an artist an artist that you really like and once you're an artist and you come in here you realize I want to come back yep 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 and yeah. tell other people to, yeah
0: to put it in like layman's terms you know if you've watched the VH1 storyteller, yep. those MTV Unplugged or in that sense where they mm-hmm. will sometimes maybe even explain some of the, the songs before they play them or, yeah, or actually, after them and, it. and it's yeah. you know and that's a lot of what you do that we'll get into but that aspect of you're you're more than a musician yep. you're also kind of furthering whatever tales you have to tell and people connect to that as well
2: sure Um, Storytelling is a big part of folk music, uh, whether we own up to it or not. (laughs) Uh, But that's how you connect. You talk. You establish a conversation through your music and through your conversation. People get to know you. Mm -hmm. You can't hide on this stage.
0: And and Steve, it's hard for you to hide since you've been around for so long and so many people know you and you've played in Allentown and in the area for so long. Um, how does it feel to continue to be able to do that? You know, again, we just talked about how you started in the early 80s, and here you are, and we're going to talk more about your Tom Waits you know, shows right. that are coming up, but how does that feel to, to con- well, continually be involved?
3: Well, I'm uh, very lucky that... Um I still have the energy and you know I've done a couple of shows with like Bo Diddley and B.B. King and these guys were grandfather ages and not that I'm not but they are and uh, for real and um, you know and I I've, I've always looked at the old blues singer going hey man that's what I want to be. be an old <laughs> that's, that's exactly right I can make it I can do it and uh, um, so yeah uh, really I'm, I, I'm blessed in so many ways to be able to continue having that kind of lifestyle and you know, i have a great family who's behind me and uh, allows me and i i want to point out 46 years here you know some marriages a lot of marriages don't <laughs> last that long you know and uh exactly that kind of percentage but um and for people to be starting out today i know dave said it's important to hear uh new music of, or younger people bringing new music and I I personally have not been able to connect to anybody on that level seeing who's out there kind of thing. And I'm sure there is. Sure. Um, sure. But in um, the tradition of traditional folk music, uh, storytelling, all of that, that bled into quote unquote, the singer songwriter idea. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so. I tell the same kind of story about the Queen Victoria, you know, I still ain't got a tattoo, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, so it's all, all music is storytelling, you know, whether you, you know, uh, even contemporary rhythm and blues or, or R&B or, or hip hop or that kind of thing, it is still storytelling because somebody is listening can relate to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It means something.
1: Yeah, totally. At this same time in the eighties, is where you branch out into children's music. And it even leads you to perform on the White House lawn. <laughs> well,
0: that, before, before it begins, yeah. my wife, when we first met, and I said, oh, I'm going to see Dave Fry for something. It's so, like he came to my elementary school in Hellertown and wow. back in the 90s. But like that's the type of... Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Dave Fry, yeah. wh- whether you've been to his show or not. Yeah. And, and I think that's your know, where your work with children in Touchstone Theatre is where a lot of that is.
2: I was with Touchstone Theatre for six years and um just when it was miserable trying to get gigs the great disco scare mm-hmm. uh nobody was hiring except for steve steve was getting all the gigs man i tell you all the we'll solo, play a disco all solo acoustic guitar you know state oh steve plays here oh okay yeah, but, let me, uh, but they, <laughs> they went, let me say it this
3: way they wouldn't let me in the school so there was a court order
2: against <laughs> me <and it> was, <laughs> There. That's exactly right. Touche.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but I, so I was looking for work, and I was invited by Touchstone Theater to become part of um, the ensemble. So what we would do is um, rehearse in the spring, put together an original show, go out and do street theater with it, and then take that production out into the schools. And that's what in invested me in playing in schools thanks to touchstone so we had this cycle and that so then i started um deciding well maybe i can get paid a whole lot better yeah (laughs) with pta moms for earning all that money that's what the money is that's that's right so um i started doing solo and then i put together together a band called rock roots a history of rock and roll four piece band with other Lehigh Valley musicians and we started touring with that mm-hmm. and we're now in our 28th year mm-hmm. of going to sc- schools and um, we what we call is bringing Jimi Hendrix to Catholic schools for us in <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey, the <laughs> sneakin' <men. laughs> Coochie Coo, you know, why well, we get to talk about blues we get to talk about swing we talk and we finish it up with a rap song you know and mm-hmm. and we're authentic Mm-hmm. and we get the hidden thing is they get to see a four-piece band mm-hmm. 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 and an assembly yeah and they're just going, oh wow yeah. and that's
0: to to that point i mean you've, you've done videos on how to play guitar and and, and yeah. you know instructional as well do you, is it important to also kind of spread the love of music i would imagine well, that's, that's what the right you just hey, that's you're that's not the guitar, hidden message is they
2: see me having a great time playing my guitar this
0: is what this guy gets to do
2: yep this is what i get this is what i do and so recently i've been doing residencies, songwriting uh with schools usually in an after school program once a week i just finished a um a residency at fountain hill where we wrote a song called i can be anything i want to be I'm trying to introduce to the kids in center city in inner city schools Mm -hmm. that they can decide on what they want to be they Mm -hmm. have to start looking earlier Mm -hmm. than in the suburbs suburbs are just filled with people who are doctors lawyers and everything Mm -hmm. so what we're trying to do is do that and then Mm -hmm. i'm starting a new residency at marvine on climate change Mm -hmm. and we're going to write songs and create characters about these comic book characters like pollution and mm-hmm. floods and so.
3: And Hurricane should be a woman, by the way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in the South, yeah. yeah. Or you'd have to call it Himmikane. Hey, That's right, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so, let's kind of more get up to speed as we get to modern times. So How have the last two years been for you guys, I mean, clearly not as great as, you know, obviously it's been t- it's tough for every musician. What did, maybe you individual stars, you see, what did you go through in those lines? Did you take more time to write? Did you kind of, I know we're gonna talk about your upcoming shows in a little bit, but how did you deal with those down in well, that time?
3: I, like everybody else, was in the house. <clears throat> and um, what happened was the Floyd, um, George Floyd thing happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And going through all of that and being moved by that, I I, I wrote really quickly uh, something called "I Can't Breathe." Was able to like copyright it in the same day, and um, um, the morning show on WLVR picked it up and okay. it it got played through a different a lot of different stations anyway for a minute, and uh, so that was the writing I, I I did and looked at a bunch of other songs, but it was mostly being paranoid and being like, you know, this is lockdown, you know, kind of thing. And I, uh, you know, like everybody else was just didn't know what the hell was gonna happen next. And, you know, made, made sure that, you know, my wife and my daughter and everybody was safe. And uh, for that from March till like that July or August, that was really that, that was the hunk of time. Now getting into 2020, when that happened, I would say in the last certainly eight or nine years, maybe five years, kind of thing okay. uh, the market and culture, even in the Lehigh Valley, had begun to change. Okay. We, we, where we, yeah, go ahead, Where there's more. Sports bars, sure. sports bars. And, uh, you know, other than, you know, the bars that were playing music, uh, a few of them just went out of business from the COVID. But a lot of places, there's so much competition out there to try to get an audience. And that's what it's all based on, asses in the seats. That's how that's how you uh, continue it's to work. It's the truth, right? Yeah, it is the truth. And um, But there is so much out there. You know, there are so many places out there that uh, you got to compete with. And um, so it's just been harder. I don't know. It's been harder. Mm -hmm.
0: And I guess I'll flip this to you, because, Dave, you've been a radio, I would say correctly, like a radio director, at least, at WDIY for a while, or you did radio shows? I was on the board of
2: directors, but I've been doing shows here for a long time.
0: Mm -hmm. So you, I mean, you've worked with radio, and, and now with new technology, the Spotify's of the world and all that. Do you feel like it's... It's better, worse, or, or do you feel like it maybe even uh, you, no can, way, you can get your music out to more people, right? Yeah, right?
2: there's no way to make, music, make money off of it, though. That's you can't monetize problem. it. Right. Nobody's buying CDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a you, if you do an online concert and beg for money, I mean, you know, if you get 50 bucks, good for you. Right. Uh, but you also have to go out and buy the equipment. That we see right here yeah. so that that's an investment you have to keep up with the times and invest on the new media and everything the way i faced it during covid was to uh go into my kitchen and i would produce one song a day and put wow. it up in three at three in the morning and i did that for Four hundred fifty days in a row.
0: What? Wow. What do you do with these songs?
2: You just I put them on YouTube. Oh, you so do? now I've got I've got a library that you wouldn't believe. <laughs> well, we'll link that in the in mm-hmm. the, in the show yeah it's, yeah yeah. So it's you know I, and I also have you know a YouTube channel for my kids' stuff too called Dave Fry's Campfire. So it's Dave Fry's uh, Kitchen Sessions. So that kept my head in the game. Mm-hmm. So I did all the songs that I knew went back to the old bands that they used to play, the Jug Band, the, the hokum songs that we did mm-hmm. way back when and worked those up and and then, you know, make a a video of it, find the original 78 uh, uh, label mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, <laughs> Digging through Ain't No Bugs On Me, yeah. you know, <laughs> find out who did it and then put that up every every morning and so I I developed it, once again, it wasn't monetized, you know. I would just did it basically for my own head sure. so that I would remain playing and work up songs that I always wanted to do. I finally got into the Beatles stuff because I went, oh, that's a great chord progression. I'm going to figure that one out. Is and that then I would... One day when I have some free time and the world has stopped. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well that was my opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm because I was just sitting at home mm-hmm. and it gave me something to work with. And so now I got a library. And so uh, I'm still putting stuff up on Facebook, uh, you know, three or four in the morning.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what i found just from the people who took time during COVID to say, this is not ideal, but what can I do? Like, is there anything that I can do to continue to, to work or to better myself or whatever? I mean, well, you're looking I mean, at what you know, else- Like know,
2: Steve doing yeah. his songwriting, you know? Absolutely. We, there's no excuse. You know, I gotta sit down and do something. Mm-hmm.
0: And Steve, how is it for you? were talking about it, you know, even 10 years ago. Is your music different than it was 15 years ago? And then I'm sorry, Phil. Oh, like, yeah, know. you're good. But like, have you progressed as well? well?
3: yeah, I, I, as as you go along the way, you know, something catches my ear that I'd like to cover, or my wife will point out um, there was a, um, a a movie where. Uh, it was about this guy who impersonated Stanley Kubrick, the director. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, catch me if you can, or
3: no? This was not that title, and no. it was um, John Malkovich who played the character. Anyway, at the end, when they ran the when they ran the uh, the credits, um, yeah. this song came on. Um, I'm not the man you think I am, but I'm the man you found. <laughs> And uh, so she said, you ought to do that song. So, you know, stuff like that happens. And, um, you know, much love to Bruce Springsteen. People always ask me to do Bruce Springsteen songs, you oh, know, because they... built your career on that. Yeah, right? exactly. Because um, you did it well. You know? <laughs> and, you know, so I, I don't like doing a lot of that, but there's a couple of tunes I'll do of his yeah. that, that uh, I connect with. I mean, very early, that very early Springsteen stuff, really tasteful. You know, he played. Uh, he played the rocks. Well,
0: I was. I was just up at the Roxy, and it's and not like this a movie theater, of course. Yes. But they have those posters up, and they have a million people. They yeah. have two of them because yeah. it's, it's it's so large. They have to have two, and they have the numbers on there. And it's going through, and you know, I'm I'm thinking that would have been amazing. These they were like metal bands, and then were um, like 70s really hard yeah, rock yeah Kiss
3: played there right
0: and then I posted <laughs> online and people like yeah I was there in 1980 whatever and the stuff was falling from the ceilings yeah. it was so loud like it sounds like, I know that we're so technologically advanced now but those types of things um, are so interesting to me and, and the history of them is so nice that they're preserved And it, it, that's, you know, talking being in this space now, it would be such a, it's so great that it's continuing on. Mm -hmm.
3: Well, Bruce Springsteen did a two-show night there, and in between the two shows, I meet Clarence Clemens. I have a bottle of wine and a bag of weed, (laughs) and we wind up in a parking lot, and between him and I, we consume all of this, (laughs) and... uh, of course, he goes back in to do the second show, and they throw me out. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to fight somebody. And uh, that was a, like, the ugly scene. That but, never uh, happened to me, Steve. <laughs>
0: Dave, Dave is not um, you know, he is getting speak. kicked out of the rock, Steve. Yeah. He's being invited into an elementary school. Right, right,
1: I love her, not a fighter. But, it,
0: but it's so, I mean, that's a, the dichotomy of this in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a positive way. It's so interesting because... I don't want to say you're two different types of musicians, but you're, you're different people who we're are. Survivors. Able. Yes, mm-hmm. you're different people who have found a way to be local musicians.
2: Talk. I'm
0: oh,
1: sorry.
2: <laughs> I got poked. <laughs> no. um,
1: I wanted to hear a little bit more about the, um, uh, the, the, pro, uh, the, the thing you were involved in where you were promoting and supporting the early literacy through the arts. Um, because I think that's such a noble pursuit and it was this thing that was starting to show that if you brought arts to um, particularly you know children who didn't have access to that it would help them with a from a literacy standpoint exactly
2: well there's a term for it I'm a teaching artist Mm -hmm. and it's a field and it's recognized as that and it's proven that the arts can expand children's ability to learn Mm -hmm. by Giving them a different way of looking at things. Yes. I, mean, I mean, it's obvious to us now, or maybe not so obvious to some so, educators mm-hmm. But um, it's you know I've actually studied college college level courses on how to do this and what actually happens to kids' brains when they're exposed to the arts. Mm-hmm. That's
3: what education should be doing, <laughs> but doesn't do. Exactly. Something like the arts mm-hmm. actually makes that that mechanism actually work inside the inside inside the skull instead of the football program you know Mm -hmm. what i mean Mm -hmm. and uh, that's unfortunately the world we live in where you know we have the wrong people who are uh uh you know can say this happens and that happens
2: uh in fact during covid i put together lehigh teaching artists of the lehigh valley Mm -hmm. and we got together on zoom every two weeks and we would one of the teaching artists, whether it be a poet or a movement theater or whatever, would do an exercise and then what we do is we break it down. Why did it work? What can you, as an artist, whatever you do, how can you use this in the classroom? And, and it's, it's, it's all there, it all makes sense, it's a science in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, In fact, I was in a classroom yesterday at Marvine and we were talking about um, climate change. And so one of the things I try to do is to involve the whole classroom, including the teacher. Mm -hmm. Teacher is part of that community. You don't get to take a break, do you? No, no. (laughs) no. So I asked, I said, I asked the teacher, all right, how does climate change affect Bethlehem? Tell me, sure. and he goes, "Whoa, that's a really good question." <laughs> it is, though. I mean, it, it is. It's, like, I, I, but what happened was amazing. The kids got to see that teacher wake up, mm-hmm. and then he applied Use his it. brain, mm-hmm. right, and also apply it. You'll go, wow, well, we're supposed to put, we're supposed to plant, you know, stuff in the ground, but. We don't know if it's going to get too cold or too hot or yet. And so so he, he applied the arts and he came up with something. And the mm-hmm. kids got to see that teacher I think on his feet. Mm-hmm. And So it's modeling, and that's kind of what you call it. That's great.
0: And, and it's posing those questions too, you know, in, in that way. Like to make them. Yeah. It's really
2: interesting. Yeah.
1: I, I just think that it's like, if you look at some of the things that you've been, like you talked about like, the teaching artist, like you have these honor, like the state of Connecticut, you know, you're honored as a teaching artist. The state of New Jersey honors you as a master artist. Like you have these wonderful, like you know, just uh, recognition of of but the, of the st- things that you've done to give back. But we still have to fight to get gigs, <laughs> right? Right. Well, I guess that's a good transition back what, to and music. That, yeah. like, like that's that's exactly right. Like you know. That was a way to apply yourself to make a difference and and still continue to perform but ultimately you still want to be able to be in front of an audience and performing your music and getting paid for it monetizing it in some capacity um and that's probably now a good transition to today like how does that look here in godfrey daniels how does that look in the lehigh valley in general like where do you see this going for live performance well
3: if i can jump
1: in here sure
3: all of that what you're talking about you're still appealing to somebody mm-hmm. you know what I mean there's somebody out there who will be far more impressed that you're endorsed by you know blah 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 yeah. and there's somebody impressed that hey you can do that you know you can do that yeah. so it, it is the idea of, of uh, you know <laughs> music especially live music has always been you know somewhat impressing women you know uh, that's, <laughs> it's, it's, that's it's great. there's yeah. always been that part of it and not that that's I know when what you mean. They, uh, yes, you know, we, nobody goes yeah, out. Yeah, there go. Yes, Girls, yeah. when, when, when I saw the Beatles, you know, yeah. that's exactly right. They're doing something right. When I when they were on the uh, when I was young and they were on the uh, the Ed Sullivan I'm show, sorry. the musical was all right. It was the women who were just like fainting that was You're impressive right. to Got me. Got my attention. Like, yeah. I could play those three chords. <laughs> I can do that. But yeah, and I mean, there was a, certainly a sex appeal about the whole that's thing. Right. There's a, it's this whole ball of of different. Uh, attitudes and 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 uh, you know human possibilities in in, uh, uh, in in being a performer and I think all music has an effect on people music is for the soul, mm-hmm. and um, no matter what kind of music it it affects somebody and uh, except maybe some Music I know about, but uh you know, there's a guy here on the south side of Bethlehem. I don't know if this is cool to mention. I did this. Go. You can always edit I mean, this out. <laughs> I'll
0: take a note.
3: Do you know who Jay Creed is? I do
0: know.
1: Oh, okay, okay, so that's enough said. I
0: do. Oh, we're good. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're good. But yeah, I, I am. That's
1: right. That's all you need. So yeah. in the, the 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 side of the gigs, you know, and then maybe we want to have you guys play a little bit, but like. Yeah,
0: what? let's do. Because um, we can finish with that if they want to sure. play a song yeah. or two. Um, but let's talk to, to talk about now. You know, before we get into what you guys are currently doing, you um, like, what does it mean? I, I hate to word, use the term local musician because it's such I hate a, it too. right. It's limiting, right? Because it's it's not what it, I'm going it's not for what regional I, fine regional <laughs> man. But but to that degree, you know, you live and and you work in the area where you make a living through your music. I mean, so in that respect, I mean, local musician. Does it mean something to you to also, you know, represent the area that you're you're playing in? Because you do, you know, is that something you ever think about? Like you, you're, you're Steve Broski from Allentown. I mean, that that's part of it. And, and Dave Fry from Bethlehem Malia Valley. That's,
3: I don't. Know. Do, do you? I you know, I, I, I don't have no. that that mindset. Now, people can make that connection sure. with me, obviously, and uh, you know, singing the the Allentown. I yep. Hey, now is you know so I definitely embraces that idea but i i i think survivor is a great word the word that you yeah. just you just work your way through this and you you appreciate what you get and you develop what you get and you embrace what you love what you get and um uh that that kind of it's hard to answer with, yeah because it's I'm not like locally it's,
0: it's almost pejorative because you're not you're doing things that are being enjoyed internationally you know we have people coming in here internationally people That's listen right. to you all around the world they, they it's different. just that we have access to you maybe is, is the, the like we know you because you play in so many areas and we're exposed to you so often that we kind of take you as our own in, in a sense of that. Well, you're that you're also
2: taken for granted
0: i, I wouldn't disagree with that either
3: but also we live in a world where traveling and getting paid correctly is that's kind of yeah, yeah. those days are over you know if right. you want to get on the road and you, you better be able to you know just have one sandwich a day and uh you know find the cheapest gas you can mm-hmm. to get wherever the hell you're going do
0: you see a solution to that do you have any thoughts on like in order to for musicians i know young musicians we know a musician we we love seth Witcher, who's a young singer songwriter yeah. i'm sure you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah that's a guy who should get paid for doing the stuff that that he does i Mm -hmm. mean i don't know do you have do you have maybe advice for for a younger musician who's coming out in the same way you are
2: i'm up for exploring venues that aren't necessarily bars Mm -hmm. um there are house concerts Mm -hmm. there are you know libraries Mm -hmm. for me there are schools um you have to explore, and that I've actually approached uh, Charter Arts here mm-hmm. on the sure. South Side saying, You know, let me talk to these kids about becoming teaching artists mm-hmm. because you'll get paid a lot more, mm-hmm. you'll work in your own hometown, mm-hmm. you'll be able to work from 9 to 12, mm-hmm. and you're done, and you got a check. Um, there are alternative ways of making money in your own town mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily being a star in the bar or even to
0: augment that oh yeah, yeah just
2: yeah. To play play all kind of things play festivals mm-hmm. put together a show like yep. like uh like Steve has Mm -hmm. which is a perfect
0: Perfect. do you want to ask him about
1: yeah I mean so the uh, the Tom Waits show is that what you want yeah just like what's coming up yeah yeah so well you have something this evening here in this space Um,
2: is is that every month third Wednesday kind of thing? yeah we do it it's a different idea of I get some friends who are professional we get up here on the stage and we play improvise And then we open up to discussion with the audience as to why we do what we do. Yeah. So that's what sets it different Mm -hmm. from from just a regular gig. Yeah, so if you're a young musician,
1: you can come in and get that same kind of education you were talking about, uh, come in on it. It's the third Wednesday here at Godfrey Daniels. Yeah, and hear the old guys
2: pitch and moan.
1: (laughs) 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 And then your show is next Friday, Thursday? Thursday, Thursday. March 31st. 31st. And and I'm
3: very lucky that... uh, um, you know, I can interact with everybody here and, and say, "Hey, I got this crazy idea," and we did it a few years ago. And uh, it's, it's it's Tom Witt's songbook, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know, put a band together, that kind of thing. But you know, Dave and, and myself, we have a long history, and quite frankly, it it was awkward and strange and almost criminal, I guess, to to a degree. Uh, you know, from back very early early on, and I'm very thankful that that uh, I've been embraced here and, and Dave and I've kind of reconnected and uh, we've gotten over that
2: that that weird. Well at one point hump. I was hesitant to book people like you because you were working three yeah, bars. four times a week and um and to get that bar audience into a listening you- room I just couldn't figure out how to do it mm-hmm. and it's good because you were saying where it's hard to just,
0: well I mean I guess it's not hard we describe what a listening room is but to have that nuance of wait a minute bar person right. you know coming in there's a different see, level what, of
2: that's what Steve did he developed and there's nothing, there's the show room. it's just
0: like he, he, we're excited so to go see Steve every time
2: comes that. in it's a different show yeah. and he does it and it's and not he not won't see you it see. anywhere else no right. exactly right. so that's where he evolved Right. And that's also how I evolved as a booker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's also it's so interesting to watch a show in here. I don't have to tell you guys that, but because it feels like you're doing a show just for me. You know, there's there's obviously other people in here, but just the way that Godfrey Daniels is, and, and the way that you're you're sitting in the audience, it does really feel that way. Is really special.
2: Totally. I only hope that we can soon see the return of the community events. Like the jams, the mm-hmm. open mics. As mm-hmm. as you know, the open mic community is is yes. a family unto itself. Absolutely. Just the same with the old time jam. This mm-hmm. whole room is filled with banjos, playing in one key, <laughs> yeah.
1: and you know, and
2: uh, <laughs> the improv comedy guys mm-hmm. and girls, yeah. um, the Irish jam. Mm-hmm. That we're, that's we're coming back with the shows. But I think in May we're going to start up with the community jams, and that is a corollary to coming to see the professionals here: is to come here and do it yourself.
0: Would that be like your first piece of advice? If you're like, because people who don't know, what is Godfrey Daniels? Now all these guys are talking about it. Now I'm, in, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, intimidated to go there. I don't know. You know, would you just say, give it a shot? I mean, also, you can support, if you go to the Godfrey Daniels website we have listed in our show notes, you can become a member, this much yep. like with ArtsQuest and other organizations, and support this in a grassroots level. Still, today.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and and we're looking for an intelligent audience who wants to come here, who will look up Steve on, on the web and listen to his music mm-hmm. and go, oh, oh yeah, oh, that sounds, oh. Mm-hmm. They'll come in the, the room and they'll they'll know more about it
1: yep. and areas. I love the idea that you're gonna do something unique here every time like oh, for, yeah. for a perform for a, for somebody who saw you last week right they still would want to come see you here because not only is the space special because it's the acoustics are amazing it's a very intimate thing that you're sitting and he puts five together feet away. a great band right but yeah, you're, you're, you're yeah, doing fun. songs and performance in a show that you wouldn't have seen anywhere else and I
3: think that's really cool I'm very lucky that I have met and know a boatload of musicians here in lehigh valley Mm -hmm. and uh and dave knows a boatload of musicians as well and um but it's it's um it's something that i've always been attached to you know even with my bad habits was in the bars you know Mm um I'm gonna do uh I can't I can't wait to get off work and and the a few of the lines were you know I don't mind working because I used to be jerking off most of my time in the bars you know (laughs) which is you know this is all Tom Waits lines and um yeah but it's it's truly you know I relate to that you know and Tom Waits and I are probably the same age and uh um you know he uh I have a few. Actually, I noticed a book that was here a long time ago, and I wound up in getting it. And there's a great thing they're talking about: Bruce Springsteen and Tom Waits came along, basically about the same time. Mm-hmm. When which record company was going to do what with what, and all of that. And uh, uh, the guy who wrote the book said he was betting on Tom Waits, and of course <laughs> it was it was Bruce Springsteen who became mainstream, and sure. Tom Waits is the is the cult hero, you know, and. Um, uh, at, uh, again, as far as a brilliant writer,
2: mm-hmm.
3: as, a, as far as a creative mind, Tom Waits is a genius, mm-hmm. you know, in yeah, yeah, so yeah. many ways. You know, to the line that, uh, stop all your crying, it won't do you no good, come down off your cross, we could use the wood, you know, that,
1: <laughs> yeah, that kind
3: of stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, do you want, no. I can hop out of here? So well, that you yeah. Guys well, can play. I
0: mean, we this is very impromptu, so I don't know. You guys, do you think you could do a song, like a song or two, or you could do it individually or together? I don't know. Whatever you.
2: Why don't guys you do one? Yeah, why, don't why don't you if, do a, a do half
3: a? Do a yeah, dude. Do, do
0: Actually,
2: uh, Dave's uh,
3: band was one of the first few, uh, times that I got to play this live, and our friend Tom. Um, Paul Willestein was in the audience at uh, the King George. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. The, king the story, the
3: yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's just them three chords, you know. I can get it into me? Yeah, I'm gonna be the king of queen, Victoria. You tap that waitress on the shoulder. Give me a beer. Yeah, I'm gonna be the king of the Queen Victoria. Yeah, they're gonna say, Hey man, where you been all of these years? Now you can see Slim Pickens there. Once a month they work When Dusty Rose show up Yeah, the kids get off the drums And you know fame from Gazer T. Yeah, he dresses like a monk It's Johnny's Dance Band Playing all that disco funk I'm gonna be the king of the Queen Victoria, tap that waitress on the shoulder, give me a beer, Schmitz, and yeah, I'm gonna be the king of the Queen Victoria, they're gonna say, hey man, hey man, where you been on?
2: Just like that, yay! All
0: right.
2: I think it sounds great.
0: Yeah. That did sound Thank you. Now, and now I own that that is on my podcast. I'm so excited. Okay,
2: <laughs> make sure you pay them.
0: I, yeah, this is a good point. Do you accept uh, Bitcoin?
3: Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> my wife would kill me.
0: <laughs> uh, Phil, get over here. I'm right. Um, I just want to say one more thank you to you guys so much. Uh, oh, thank Steve you, Rosky, and of course, yeah. Dave Fry, we're Godfrey Daniels. Uh, this episode is going to go out right right before uh, Steve's next Tom Waits show here. However, if you're listening to this a year from now, please be sure to check out their websites. We have them all listed in our show notes. Or just do, you know, do a Google search for Steve Brosky and Dave Fry, Godfrey Daniels. And, you know, the, I guess the important thing to take away from this is to come out maybe and experience some of it to help support. Because it's with that support that places like this are allowed to go on for 45 years and the, without the community you know it is, it's
2: not possible yeah we need groceries too right mm-hmm. That's right wow. baby and, needs
3: a new pair of shoes <laughs>
0: <laughs> so thank you thank,
2: thank you both yeah, no, Thank you. you know, go
3: ahead and you, and you guys promoting this you know uh getting banging this drum of yeah. of culture here in the lehigh valley i think it's a great story you know my my philosophy has always been growing up here is the Lehigh Valley has always been in the shadows of Philadelphia and New York. Yeah, sure. exactly. And but it's always been its own weird. Oh, it's totally. the
2: weird stepchild, you know, the redhead stepchild. Amazing of people a, have come out of this valley. A,
0: a million percent, yeah. But I mean, Fokie's yeah.
2: folkies, John Gorker, you know. Yeah. Uh, Arabian graduate, Arabian graduate, Zen for primates. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the, the incredible music. people, and yeah.
3: and even going back to like Jay Proctor, you know John, John yeah. and those guys, and, and the Shillings. You know, these were bands that certainly uh, nationally and regionally were recognized. And you, you know, uh, it's because the place are small
2: so enough we could develop and develop our craft without having to go up against, You know, you know. The South line. Street. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and,
0: right, and, and you're fine. I mean, this is just me talking, but I, I think you're finding some of that. You know, I'm at a point now where I really love my city, right. and I love where I live, and it, I want to see all the beautiful parts, it, you know, the, the bad parts too that need to be fixed. But this is one that's such a treasure that it's almost a crime not to at least of, to, to put your attention on it. For a period of time, Where, if you lived did here. you grow up here? I, I didn't. I went to Moravian College. Okay. I've Been here for 20 years. I grew up in the Northern Poconos, uh, so I, I'm much like Dave. You know, I'm a transplant who came here and said, "Yeah, this place isn't so bad." I'm gonna
3: say. Yeah, I, that's a great point because I'll tell you, I grew up hating being around. You know, I, this was so. You know, as a it, and yeah, it, you know, first like, of all, yeah. you're growing up, and you know, you hate life anyway <laughs> to a degree. You know, you hate your parents, but anyway, <laughs> but certainly knowing that. Uh, radio and television was like everywhere except here you know yeah. it's like uh that was bothersome and uh i mean uh, and and it took me uh it took me a long time to come to terms with a lot of things sure. you know uh, from getting into uh how i felt then into how i see it now but uh, anyway yeah no. which is
0: we're happy we're happy you stuck around yeah <laughs>
3: in um. Tom Waits, uh, I don't want to grow up, there's a line where, you know, I don't want to leave my hometown, I don't want to, I don't want a big old loan, I don't want to work my fingers to the bone, and then the conclusion of that little verse is, uh, um, I don't want to, you know, get married, boom, how the hell did I get here so soon, you know, I'm all grown up, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, and like that's I think in in a portion. You know, I'm forty, and they look at that now, and you're kind of like, yeah, what, what if, what if, what if? And then some of us like, well, I've got it now, and and Mm -hmm. you know, I'm excited to be a part of it. So, you know, I'm I'm excited to be here on stage talking to you guys prior to the show tonight. You'll get over it, (laughs) (laughs) Dave. I'm trying to be like optimistic, positive.
2: (laughs) No, well, that's that's the Lehigh Valley in me. uh,
3: You're right. That is Lehigh Valley. mm
0: Well, I think that's a good uh, thats a good sentiment to leave it on. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're here, uh, you know, skeptically, but definitely <laughs> optimistic in some senses about the future. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for Godfrey Daniels, Dave Fry, Steve Brodsky. Of course, Phil Reese, our co-host. Thank, thank you to our sponsors, ArtsQuest. Thanks. Thank you to our sponsors, ArtsQuest, thank yeah. Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub, which is across the street from here. And, of course, Michael Bernigan. and check out all this information we talked about everybody's youtube channel everything is in our show notes so please peruse and follow and subscribe and and uh, become a member of god forget yeah come down we want to see your show
1: all right